what a blessing to be here. I appreciate you being out on this dark and cold, or somewhat cold, at least it's not as cold as it was, and uh, I hope nobody lost water. I heard we had a lot of folks in the church with water problems. We had water problems at the church, and fortunately caught them before they got into the sanctuary, but uh, you know, that cold weather's been, been quite a bear. Um, but uh, appreciate you being out and coming out and being faithful uh, to the house of God. I'm um, thankful for you, Pastor. I was sharing with a dear lady earlier here that uh, uh, Brother Terry and I have known each other for quite a number of years, and uh, Brother Terry's a little older than I am. I'll smile. He, if he's watching, he'll probably chuckle at that. He's a little older than I am, but uh, he's still a dear friend, and we spent some time in Bible college together, and and, uh, of course, we live up in Cleveland, um, on the south side of Cleveland, and I'm currently the assistant pastor at Wahoo Baptist Church in Merville, Georgia. We've been there 10, 11 years uh, since uh, I, I pastored, and I pastored up in uh, Saltee, Georgia, up around Helen, up in that area, uh, for about eight years, and we've been at, really at Wahoo since. And uh, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't want to try to fill the shoes of your pastor, um, but I, I'm humbled and honored uh, to have the opportunity to be with you. And uh, my desire is that we just kind of spend some time around God's Word in these days. And, and uh, I'll never, ever be able to fill your pastor's shoes. Uh, but I'm honored to fill the pulpit and do what the Lord called me to do. Uh, and that's to preach the Word of God. And uh, I fall miserably short more often than, uh, than, than you know, I, I've... I always admired preachers that could stand and hit a home run every time they stood and preached. Um, I don't claim to do that, but I do claim uh, to try to preach God's Word and do what He called me to do. Uh, and that's my goal and desire uh, in the days that we, uh, that we spend here. And I hope uh, Brother Terry gets you know the hard part's over. Well, actually, the easy part's over. The surgery's over. Now the hard part starts. And uh, hopefully he's able to get back on his feet quickly uh, and get back in the pulpit. But... Uh, be a little bit of a change of pace for us, um, you know, coming down the road, I thought to myself, you know, we get in our routine, it feels like a little bit at church, and, and uh, we stay busy at the church, I am a church clerk and assistant pastor, and I also uh, take care of our, I'm head of our finance committee, and I take care of our offerings and get those counted, and uh, fill a number of roles at the church, and it'll be unusual to be away. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a refreshing change of pace for us in some ways. As much as I love my church and I love my church family, uh, it'll be a little bit of a change of pace for us. But it's a pleasure and a, and a blessing to be able to be with you. Uh, and we'll just try, like I said, to spend some time in God's Word uh, in these days. If you will, take your Bible and turn with us to the book of John. Uh, John chapter number 16. We're going to read one verse. Uh, and then I want to take you through <coughs> just a few things here uh, that maybe be a little bit of a help to you in today's walk in today's life and and uh, you know I think when you think about life in general uh, in these days it's hard it's just hard and uh, there's not really any better way to put it it's just hard and uh, there's nothing easy about this life it seems and seems in these days uh, that it's uh, just only seems to get harder uh, and you've heard the saying that life uh, sometimes tends to throw you curveballs, and uh, and uh, folks say they have to get really good at knowing how to make lemonade with lemons, uh, because life is just throwing them lemons. Um, but the reality is, God told us 
uh, that uh, we would face some tribulation in this life. Uh, and it shouldn't surprise us. And, uh, and it's really, I think, all in how we deal with it uh, and all in how that we lean on the Word of God um, to strengthen us, to carry us, to, uh, to foster us through these days uh, and to give us some victory and some hope uh, as we see the days approaching, as we see the day approaching. And uh, as we know that the Lord one day is going to get us out of this mess uh, and uh, based on the authority of His Word, uh, we know that to be true. John chapter number 16, we'll read one verse, verse number 33. <clears throat> there in the last part of John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, I didn't read for the sake of time, I didn't read all of chapter 16, uh, but he, he spoke an awful lot and said an absolute mouthful in the entirety of chapter number 16. Uh, and he ends it up by making this statement, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. Now, God's Word is given to the Bible-believing church and to Christians um, for comfort and for peace and for reassurance, uh, and for us to go back to and to be reminded um, of, of what He said, and be reminded of His promises, uh, and the truths that we can stand on when everything else uh, is falling apart. Now in John um, chapter number 16, uh, this depicts his <coughs> Jesus' relationship uh, between Jesus uh, and his disciples. And you find him many times in the gospel speaking uh, to his disciples and giving them direction. Uh, and as a Christian uh, and as a believer of God's word, uh, we can take and, and apply uh, those statements in that direction that he gave to the disciples uh, to our daily walk. After all, they were walking with him. They were walking in his earthly walk. They were walking with him through the world. Uh, and he was giving them some direction and giving them some nuggets of wisdom. Uh, and he said, these things have I spoken. So not only do we see within the scriptures God's spoken word, uh, and if you're holding a, a Bible that's got some red letter, the letters of Christ in red, you'll see a lot of red <coughs> throughout these gospels. That's where Jesus himself was speaking, and that was pinned down, that was given to us uh, as his spoken word. But he also said there, uh, in, uh, in this, Have I uh, spoken unto you that you might have peace? Uh, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. But Or you could say, uh, he's saying, These things have I written unto you. Because this is God's spoken word. This is His Word. This is the truth, the spoken truth, the spoken Word of God uh, that we hold between these two leather covers uh, that we can stand on as believers and trust in Him. Notice he said, firstly, he said, I believe uh, that we can have peace in these days <clears throat> because of the Word. As a child of God, yeah, Washington's in a mess. Um, 
we've got a bum-fuzzled somebody in the office of president uh, that, uh, that uh, sometimes I wonder if he knows which ends up. And we've got a society and uh, many in, in positions of leadership that uh, care nothing for God, that care nothing about you, uh, they care nothing about uh, any sort of our, uh, any biblical foundation. Uh, and if anything, uh, they're trying to drive uh, everything away from God. They're starting with their children. They're starting in the schools. Um, every way and, and every shred uh, of doubt that they can try to cast on the Word of God and every way that they can possibly discount uh, the truths uh, that we stand upon, they're doing it. And if you look around and uh, you 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 and you don't have to look far, um, it'd be real easy to be very uneasy in today's world. Uh, but we can have peace tonight because of His spoken uh, and His written word. I want you to notice we're going to look at a few verses here, just individually here, uh, in verse number two and three. Let's look at there. It says, "He said, <coughs> excuse me." They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. We should not at all be surprised in today's world. God told us it was going to happen. He gave it to us and told us in His Word that it was going to happen. It was going to come to pass. He said, and these things will they do unto you. He told His disciples, they're going to do it. I'm here to tell you, they're going to do what they're going to do. It shouldn't surprise us. Uh, He told us it would come. You know why? That they don't have the peace that you have. It's because they choose to not adhere to this Word. They choose to not have the Word and hold dear and hold near the Word of God like you and I do. We can't expect them to have peace. We can't expect them to know the peace that we know if they don't know Him and they don't know His Word. We should not be surprised. Notice there that in uh, the second Uh, phrase there in verse number 33. He said uh, that ye might have. That indicates a continual peace. That you might have it. If you've once have it, you've got it. I have it. I possess it. Uh, We possess on the authority of God's Word. If we're here tonight and we profess to be saved uh, by the grace of God and profess to be a child of God, We have peace in that, in His salvation. We have peace in His Word. Uh, And His Word was intended to give us that peace that we would hide it in our heart and be encouraged uh, and uh, and be refreshed uh, by His Word. And we can have that peace. And and I'm here to tell you tonight, child of God, thank you, brother. my, My crew's getting over congestion and mess and... Uh, my sinuses have been draining and my throat's been dry. But um, thank you. Appreciate it. But um, he said that you might have, that that peace would be continual. 
Our peace comes from Christ and His Word. Uh, if we're looking for peace anywhere else, and you know what I find, we, uh, we, um, I, I haven't been right lately, uh, and of course COVID kind of put things on hold, but we, we have a jail ministry at the church, and, and um, we praise the Lord, some of them have been saved, and we get the opportunity to go to Lumpkin County and uh, trying to get back into Dawson County uh, Jail. Um, but to have the opportunity to go and preach and have services in the pods. And, uh, and many of them are in the shape they're in because they're seeking peace in the wrong place. Uh, they're seeking peace in a world where there is no peace. They're seeking peace amongst a world that's never known anything but turmoil uh, because they don't know our Savior. Um, so should it surprise us? Should we be surprised that uh, there's no peace uh, in this world, and that there's turmoil, it shouldn't surprise us. Um, as a child of God, if we're looking for peace anywhere else other than in Him and then in His Word, we are not going to find it. I can tell you that with authority. You will not find peace in this life outside of Jesus. You will not find peace and hope, even in some of the darkest storms and some of the lowest times, um, a child of God can still find peace in Him. And, uh, and he, he brings peace in some of the darkest times. And the reason folks can smile, the reason they can be in those dark places is because He's in the valley with them. And He brings the, 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 uh, the peace and uh, supplies peace when there seems to be, uh, when there should be agony and when the world's falling down around you. Uh, he brings peace. If you want to, if you want to take your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 119. We're just going to read one verse. Psalm 119, verse number 165. Um, actually, let's read 161 through 168. It says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice in thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. <clears throat> My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. For all my ways are before thee. Those Psalm 165, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. There's a praise. There's a peace that comes. Where do we find that peace? We find that peace in His Word. We rejoice in His Word. When we, don't, when we need answers, where should we go? We should go to Him. We should go to His Word. We should dig back into His Word uh, and find that peace. We can have peace tonight because of His Word. Because of His Word. When the world's in a mess, and yes, it's in a mess. Um, when we can't understand it, and when things don't make sense, it shouldn't surprise us. Because everything that's going on, if it made sense to you, I believe I'd be a little worried. If I could make sense out of what's going on, I'd be a little concerned. Because I, then I'd be, I'd be thinking that I might be thinking a little too much like them. Uh, because if I can reason it out and I can understand it and I can, uh, can uh, you know, it, it's one thing to empathize with somebody. It's another thing to understand and, 
and, and, and try to reason out how and, and, and make something make sense that just doesn't make sense. Uh, because there's so much about what's going on in these days that just does not make sense. And uh, if we want to find any sense and any peace and any sort of guidance, <coughs> excuse me, we've got to find it in Him. And we've got to find it in His Word. What else did he say there in verse number 33? Uh, he said, uh, In the world ye shall have uh, tribulation. Not only do we find peace because of his word, but we're, we're going to experience persecution from the world. He said, In the world ye shall have tribulation. That's an authoritative statement. Shall have. Just like it said that you might have peace... That's continual. Um, in, from now until his return, he said you're going to have tribulation. It's going to happen. And does that mean that you live life in dread? Uh, does that mean that you live from storm to storm and that you uh, exit this storm dreading the next storm and that uh, you're, you're uh, walking and looking around the next corner for the next storm or trial or tribulation? No. That's not how a child of God, God, that's not how He intended us to live our lives. Uh, but if we're going to walk and we're going to do something for God and we're going to be, uh, and, you know, and, and people say, I, I think a lot of folks feel like maybe if they just lived in a bubble, uh, find them a little mountain cabin somewhere, as good as that sounds, uh, back out away from nobody. Uh, I like to watch some of these YouTube channels where these people, they disappear into these snowy wilderness and, and uh, live alone. I said, I believe I could just about do that. Um, and sometimes it feels like uh, you just want to go live alone and just go be away. And there's something to be said for, for being alone. And there, the Lord may let us uh, actually preach that uh, while we're here at some point. Uh, there's some, some value <clears throat> to being alone. And uh, the Lord found time to be alone but the reality is, in this walk with God, you're not going to be able to be... Uh, you can be separate from the world, and you can uh, walk, and we ought to desire to do so, but you're going to have to interact. You're going to have to be out and about. You're going to be on the job. You're going to be uh, dealing with life, and you, you, you're not going to be able to avoid it. And he said, you shall have tribulation. What is that definition of tribulation? Uh, tribulation... Uh, Webster's Dictionary, pressure, affliction, uh, persecution. Uh, can anybody uh, identify with, uh, with pressure? How many of you in here work a public job? And no shame if you don't. But if you do, you're aware of what pressure is. You know what pressure is. And being under constant pressure. Uh, I work for <coughs> AT&T or Cricket Wireless and have been with them probably... I guess 24, close to 24 years or so, I know what pressure is. I know what stress is. I know uh, what it means to have to deliver. And, and, and there's a lot of pressure. And uh, there's a lot of affliction and persecution. Uh, if you don't believe me, walk up in the Walmart and walk up behind the cash registers and announce to everybody that Jesus is Lord and that if, if they don't get saved, uh, that, they're, that they're destined for hell. See what kind of, uh, of affliction and, and uh, what kind of persecution you might face. And now, 
I'm not saying don't do that. The Lord laid it on your heart to do it. By all means, go do it. We used to go when I first started preaching. That's going to preach when I was 15. <coughs> we used to go visit on visitation on Saturdays. We'd go visit in the morning. We'd go up on the town square in Clarksville, Georgia, stand next to the courthouse uh, and preach uh, in the afternoons for an hour or two uh, on the street corners. Of course, the shop owners hated it. And, uh, they would shout and yell and call the police on us. and They'd pull up in front of us and rev their motors. People would at the red lights not wanting to hear and we weren't, we weren't, I mean, we weren't being hateful in any way, fashion, or form. We were just preaching. We just had a desire to preach. And, uh, and we faced some persecution. Now, that's nothing like the persecution that the martyrs of old have faced. And, uh, and then even some of the persecution that, that real modern day missionaries of our day are facing. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, Lord willing, here in, in about uh, five weeks or so, a little under that, uh, maybe a little right around that, uh, myself and two other preachers will be leaving, uh, going to Burkina Faso, West Africa, uh, for a week uh, to spend some time with a dear friend of mine, Brother Keith Shoemaker. And uh, I've been over there twice, and this will be my third trip. And, uh, and they're, the national pastors there, they face a lot of persecution from... Uh, from the Muslim influence that's there and some of the radicals. Uh, one of the remote villages that we were able to go to and, 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 uh, and be in the Bible college and preach in the churches and preach in the church. And, <clears throat> and one of the villages that we slept in, uh, in, the, uh, in that remote village uh, for five days. Um, the missionary who planted the church there, uh, who led, the, who, who, uh, led the, the pastor to the Lord and the pastor was called uh, under his ministry to preach, and uh, they founded the church. and uh, And and he, the the missionary, can't even go to that village now because of the the terrorism threat. And uh, and you know, he got a call from the pastor some time ago from the national pastor there, uh, Pastor Salif, and he said, Pastor, he said, do you hear that? And he held the phone, and he said he could hear popping, and he said they're shooting over my house. And he said, they're trying to intimidate me. And he said, well, what are you going to do? He said, well, tomorrow's Sunday. We're going to have church. And they had church. And, uh, but, but, you know, when we think about our persecution, I didn't have to fight my way through anybody to come through the door uh, of Open Door Baptist Church tonight. I didn't have to wonder if I was going to be, if I was going to face uh, some sort of persecution or oppression. <clears throat> I didn't have anybody throwing stones at me. I didn't get a phone call, anybody threatening me to not stand and preach tonight. We don't know really what persecution is uh, in, this, in, this, in this modern world. Um, now, I think in our lifetimes we may see it, and we may see some of it come to pass, and I think some of the groundwork that's being laid is, is some of that that, we're, we're, uh, that, that uh, they're trying to lay now uh, in, uh, in to set things up to... Uh, to, to persecute churches and try to intimidate churches and to, uh, to try to, uh, to intimidate pastors. And there's some of that that goes on uh, even today. And I think COVID was probably a little bit of a test for that. And, uh, and I think it was part of the test to instill some fear uh, and to apply pressure through fear. Um, so I believe not only are we dealing with, uh, with tribulation, but I believe we're dealing with pressure through fear. 
<clears throat> what did Romans 8.15 tell us? It said, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. They, they shouldn't be able to do anything to us to cause us to fear. You know, as the old saying goes, what's the worst they can do? Send you to heaven? Well, as a child of God, as much as I, I would love to stay here and continue to work for the Lord and continue to be with my family, what's the worst they can do for a child of God? Send them to heaven? And uh, so what, what shall we fear? Second Timothy 1, 7, I said, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, as, God's, as a child of God, uh, we oughtn't to allow ourselves to be persecuted or controlled by fear. And uh, I saw way too many, I saw way too many church members, I saw way too many saved people uh, that, were, that were, were controlled and motivated by fear. And uh, they were so afraid. And listen, uh, I realize COVID's real, it's still real. It was real then, it's still real now. Did people die? Yes. Did it make people very sick? Yes. Uh, do I know where it came from? No. Do I think I know where it came from? Yes. Uh, I think there's many that know where it came from and they just ain't going to say it. And uh, for, for, for political and diplomatic reasons and all those other reasons, is it real? Yes. But should we allow fear to control us? No. No. As a child of God, we ought to stand on His Word. We ought to stand on the truths of God's Word and lean on that. Did He say we were going to have tribulation? Yes. I'm thankful to say tonight that this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. And I've got a home way up beyond the blue. And I'm looking forward to the day when the Lord calls us all home. I was today... I, uh, you know, it, it's always rough. I, I told Elena, I'll be honest, my wife Elena, I didn't introduce my, my family. My wife Elena, and Lainey's my little one. She's six. Uh, Ella is 17. That's hard for me to say. I said 16 earlier. I can't believe she's 17. Just turned 17 November. Uh, and then Leah is my middle child. She's 14. It'll be 15 uh, in April. But uh, my parents are to the age. My mom's 76. Dad's 85. And, uh, and, and I have to take them to the doctor. They could take their self, uh, but they can't tell me anything about it. And uh, they both have health conditions and problems that require monitoring. And, and uh, it's good for me to be there to hear it firsthand from the doctors. And they can't tell me what needs to change with their medicines and all of that. And uh, this afternoon before I left the house, I had to take some time off from work. And, and I just I put my wallet in my pocket and picked my keys up and just kind of sighed. Uh, because it's always such a chore, because I can remember when mom and daddy was able to do everything. I can remember when they did everything for me. And uh, and now the tables have turned, uh, and it's hard. And I know Brother Terry and taking care of Brother M.A. and, and the pressure of that. And uh, there is no amount of schooling, there is no amount of preparation that will prepare you, ever prepare you for caring for aging parents. And uh, and, and if there's one thing that I've seen, uh, is it just makes you long for when that body's going to be whole again. I've seen my mama's mind slip. Uh, I watched her go through open heart surgeries, surgery and various heart uh, issues and then stroke um, and all that, that, that that's done to her body and her mind. Uh, I've seen my daddy get slower in his later years, and it's hard to watch. Uh, and it'd be real easy to get discouraged, but I'm thankful 
uh, because of God's Word and the truth of His Word, I know that there's a better place. And I know there's a place where the body will be whole again. And we can rejoice in that. Um, I'm concerned today uh, that we've got a lot of Christians, a lot of churches that are living in fear as if, uh, that, uh, as if we have something, uh, uh, that, uh, as if we actually have something uh, that the world can take from us. There's nothing you have in Jesus that anybody can take from you. And I praise the Lord that that when I walked out of the back door tonight, I locked the lock and I locked the deadbolt at the house. Do I want them to come in and take everything in the house? No. But you know, they could do that and I'd still be whole in Jesus. There is nothing that they can take from me tonight that Jesus gave me. There's nothing on the authority of God's Word uh, that anybody can do to you uh, that Jesus said could, uh, uh, couldn't be done. It, 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 it just can't be done. But we oughtn't to be shocked. What did He tell us there in the last part of verse number 33? Uh, 33 but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So thirdly tonight we see uh, his, prevailing, his prevailing Word. God's Word prevails. We can stand on it as our foundation. Remember a dear friend of mine, Brother Mark Wheeler, some of you know the Marchman Quartet. I don't know if Brother Mark's been through here. I'm sure he probably has. He's a dear friend of mine. Actually introduced me and my wife, and, and uh, he and I, we coon hunt and squirrel hunt and deer hunt and fish and, and uh, all of that together. And uh, his wife was, uh, uh, was part of our wedding, and, and uh, they're just dear friends of ours. Um, but um, but he, uh, uh, he preached a message several years ago on if the foundation be destroyed. And, uh, and really, it was focused on the foundation of God's Word. And I'll tell you where Satan started many years ago, and he's been very successful, is in trying to destroy this Word. Uh, you know, there's the various versions out there. Uh, there's uh, all the, the discounting uh, of God's Word. But I'm here to tell you, child of God, uh, if we stand on the foundation of God's Word as Open Door Baptist Church, and I know your pastor, and I know he's not wavering, and I know he's not going to lay another Bible up here or some other word up here or some other something uh, and try to play it off as God's Word, he's not going to do that. He's going to stand on the foundation of God's Word as a child of God as long as we have the Bible, uh, and and, and we'll have it, uh, it's, it's as continual as that peace He promised. This Word will never fail. And we can stand on the truth of God's Word. God's Word prevails. He said there in the last part, I have overcome the world. He's overcome it all. He has. He has overcome it all. He tells His disciples of what will seem to be defeat. He tells them all through this Scripture of what will seem to be defeat. But He said, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Open Door Baptist Church would be a good opportunity in these days that your pastor's away to say, well, pastor won't be there. He won't know I'm not there. And listen, I, 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 I'm not calling him and giving him an attendance report. Um, he, he'll watch the live stream and everything else. But uh, don't, don't use this as an opportunity to, uh, to lay off or... or um, or choose to go a different way, or to be somewhere else. Be of good cheer to be in the house of God. Be of good cheer to stand and, 
and stick with the stuff. Uh, be of good cheer to say, I'm thankful I've got a place that I can go and, uh, and know that I'm going to hear the Word of God preached and know that everybody loves one another and know that everybody's in it together uh, and know that uh, I'm going to be encouraged from God's Word and know that I can stand on the truth and know that I don't have to question what's being preached because I know the Word of God's being preached. We can be of good cheer. How can we be of good cheer? Because we know the outcome. As the old saying goes, said, I've read the back of the book, and I know. I've read the back of the book, and I know who wins. I'm not a big reader. I, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to sit down, even in some of the Bible um, commentaries and books and various things on subjects. <clears throat> I'll go find what I'm looking for, and when I get what I'm looking for, I'm done. I, I don't read them cover to cover. Um, I'm just not a natural reader. Now, my wife and, and Ella, my oldest, they're readers. She had to go back in the house tonight to get her book light so she could read on the way to church. So, um, And I told her, I said, you really got to have that? Yes, I got to have it. I got to read. So, But uh, I've read the back of the book. I flipped all the way back there, and I know who wins. Uh, and we know who will overcome. So the next time, yeah... It's hard sometimes. You wake up in the morning, you've got to face another day. You've got to deal with what life's throwing at you. Um, you know, I had to get up this. I'm working from home, thankfully, now for the majority of the time. I go in a few times a month. But I was driving to it for a number of years. I drove to Atlanta every single day. Um, two hours each way, four hours in the car on average. And uh, I, when I do it now, I don't know how I did it every day. I still tell myself, I, when I go, I'm like, oh my, how did I do this every day? Um, and when I get up, I got up this morning, had to go sit down and log in in my little office there at the house that we've got in our little walk-in closet in my office and sit down. I didn't want to work today, but I had to. There's some things we have to do, and uh, there's some things that we know we have to do, but we can be of good cheer because we know who's in control, and we know that there's nothing... Uh, that uh, Jesus gave us that the world can take away. He didn't say we wouldn't have tribulation. He didn't say there wouldn't be trials, that there wouldn't be persecution. But he ended it with, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. We can go out into the cold, dark night tonight and crank the car up and trust that old mechanical hunk of junk that we're riding in, that man-made... And uh, it, you may get in it and it not crank tomorrow. Two of mine didn't crank one day this way. I said, I might ought to go crank them up and get some antifreeze floating in them or something. And uh, they wouldn't even crank. I'd put chargers on them, an old hunk of junks. Of course, they're older, older vehicles, but, but still. Um, it's going to tear up. But this Word of God is not going to tear up. You know, as good a mechanic as, as, uh, as your pastor is, and he's a great mechanic. He's worked on my Hondas over the years, my Honda, my... He, he kept my, my commuter vehicle service so I could get up and down back and forth to Atlanta all them years. <coughs> as good a mechanic as he is, he hadn't got a mechanic on this. He may need to fix your cars along the way, and he may need to coach you through some of life's trials and encourage you. But there ain't no mechanic that has to happen here. This is perfect. We can stand on God's Word. And when the world feels like it's falling down around you, just remember the Lord said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this dear body of believers. Thank you for them coming out tonight. I hope, Lord, it was a help and an encouragement to them. I hope maybe if, if uh, Brother Terry was able to watch tonight or maybe if he's able to watch back, it would be encouragement to him. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Brother Terry giving, uh, putting his, his faith and trust in us to stand and preach in these days to come. Lord, I pray that you'd knit our hearts with these people over these next few services. And Lord, I pray that you'd manifest yourself in this time as we are gathered together in these days to come. I pray that people will be faithful uh, to the house of God, that you'd just encourage them uh, in these days. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us. Carry us throughout the remainder of this week. Lord, a few more days to go as we wrap up this year. I pray as hearts that hearts would be prepared to do more for you. Uh, in 2023 than we did in 2022. And Lord, that we continue to grow in you. Lord, let us be reminded that you've overcome the world. Uh, Lord, and our victory and our hope is in you. And Lord, that we can take our eyes off the world. We don't have to, uh, we know things are going to come. We know we're going to face those persecutions and tribulations. Uh, It shouldn't surprise us. Uh, But Lord, we should just lean on you. Lord, give us traveling grace as we go away. Lord, bring us back in safely. Looking forward to 11 o'clock service on Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, and uh, as we come back together, uh, Lord, on that last, uh, that actually uh, the first day, uh, Lord, of of 2023, uh, to spend some time around God's Word. Help us prepare hearts and prepare us, Lord, uh, to serve you. Lord, we pray for Brother Terry tonight. I pray that the pain stays away. Pray that you give him a restful night's sleep. Pray for Miss Debbie. She cares for him. I know us men, we can be big babies. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to help him to not be a big baby. But Lord God, that he'd get better quickly. Lord, encourage him. Be with Miss Debbie. She cares for him. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and your help tonight. Guide and direct and be with us, we pray. We pray these things in thy name to be thy will. Amen. Amen.